Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talby, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Hope you guys have all been staying well, healthy, and ultimately finding some fun things to do during this weird time. So whether it's reading, Netflix, whatever it is that that you like to do, I hope you're getting to do a decent amount of that uh, during this downtime. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. Today's episode is about how I invest my own money. So throughout internships in college, I wasn't the best necessarily at saving. I wouldn't say I was innately a great saver. And after speaking with someone at that company during my internship, he shared the importance of starting early and how it helped him buy a home when so many others couldn't. And that, your money can be worth so much more in the future and thus give you more time if you make sure it's always working hard. So for someone like myself who enjoys now budgeting and I now enjoy understanding how my money works so that I can accomplish my goals faster and have more time to do the things that that I want, whether it's recording more podcasts, speak with clients, whatever it is, I just want to be in control of that. And it didn't really hit me until I spoke with this person at this during this internship. And so I think everyone has a different aha moment and whether it's a big one or a small one. But for me, it was this conversation that I decided right after I'm going to start saving 20% of every paycheck I receive going forward. And that's for life. And so what that means is when I get a paycheck, I'm going to pay myself first, future me. So for others, it might be a parent, a friend, an article. But when it comes, that aha moment, and you realize the power of making your money work hard, the results are really astounding. So this is, once again, this is paying yourself first. So you can do this by transferring 20% of your paycheck each time you're paid, or you can automate it by setting up an auto deposit so that when your paycheck hits your bank account, it's automatically removed and you see your paycheck with 20% taken out. Now, I think this is best because over time, it feels normal and it doesn't feel like you're even saving. I just know that you just know that you are and that all the other money I can receive can go to additional savings, can go to fun, it can go to expenses, whatever you want. So after setting up the 20% of that paycheck to pay yourself, from there, you can create a second auto deposit, and that would go into an investment account. So you've got the first one from your that's going to go right when that paycheck hits your bank account to save. Well, then once it, it's done that and it's gone into a separate savings account, well, now you need to invest that money. So you create that second auto deposit. That can go to Betterment. It can go to Robinhood. It can go to E-Trade, wherever it is that you like to invest. So that second deposit, it's going to take those funds that you're saving each paycheck and invest them. And what that is doing is known as dollar cost averaging. So the benefit of investing via dollar cost averaging is that you're not timing the market. You're not subject to putting in all of your money all at once and having it fall significantly shortly after you invest it. Dollar cost averaging ensures that you're investing throughout the year and it's an easy way to diversify and minimize risk. So before beginning to discuss any specifics, it should be known that I'm a relatively boring investor. I believe in investing for the long term and because I have a long time horizon to reach financial independence, it makes sense for me to take additional risks that wouldn't necessarily make the most sense for another investor who's hoping to retire in one to five years. 
It's also worth noting, I have a high threshold for risk. I've had the majority of my money in stocks for as long as I've been invested, and most of that money is in tax-deferred retirement accounts. And as I've mentioned in earlier podcast episodes, I believe investing is important, but arguably less so than understanding the tax implications involved with investing so that you can keep more of the money you make and maximize your situation. I have a 401k with my former firm, a profit sharing plan, a Roth IRA account, a taxable account, a quote, fun taxable account, a savings account, a checking account at a bank, and a checking account at a credit union. So I've got tons of accounts and for different reasons. So my 401k is invested in passively managed index funds. These are low cost, low fees, with the goal to maximize my growth. And the profit sharing plan by my previous employer is managed the same way. These funds are tax deferred or they grow tax free, but they're subject to taxes when I withdraw them in retirement. But let's say at any point that those funds are down significantly, well, there's no reason to worry because I know I have time and over time that they will grow. Now let's take my Roth IRA account. That I started after I graduated college. Now you need to show earned income in order to invest in a Roth IRA account. And there are levels of eligibility to invest in a Roth IRA. So if you're anticipating that your income is going to rise over time, it may make most sense to begin investing in a Roth IRA while your income is lower relatively to where it will be in the future. My taxable account invested for long-term growth as well, but with different investments because there are certain investments that are more tax-advantaged than others. What does that mean? For example, a REIT which I've discussed on on my Instagram and in a few episodes regarding whether or not you should invest in real estate. Well, a REIT, which is known as a real estate investment trust, well, it's inherently tax inefficient. And so that's what we want to put into a tax efficient portfolio to cancel out the tax implications and vice versa. So a growth focused mutual fund is tax efficient inherently and thus makes most sense for a tax inefficient vehicle such as a taxable account. So a REIT, something that's tax inefficient, let's put that in a tax efficient portfolio, like a 401k, so that it doesn't matter the tax implications because it's growing tax deferred. So a brokerage account just means it's a place where your investments are held. It it might mean an individual account, you might hear taxable account, but a brokerage account just means it's a place where your investments are held and the tax implications generally are going to be higher than a retirement account because a brokerage account means that when your stock, let's say you have Apple stock and it's worth $100 when you buy it. Well, if it rises to $150, you have to pay $50 of what's known as capital gains tax. Now, let's take that same example and you invest in a Roth IRA. You buy it, Apple stock, it's worth $100. It's now worth $150. Well, you no longer have to pay the government $50 on those capital gains. It's tax-free. So clients often ask, I want to invest in a Roth IRA, which makes sense. There's tons of great great points to having a Roth IRA. But I want to clarify that investing in a Roth IRA, although it's a great idea, it's simply a type of account that you invest in. You choose to put investments into a Roth IRA just as you would in a taxable account. Clients, prospects, they come to me and say, Ari, How do I invest in a Roth IRA? Well, yes, you can invest in a Roth IRA, and it's confusing, and they they almost make it that way. It seems so. But 
You could theoretically hold the same funds, the same exact funds in your taxable account that are in your Roth IRA account. Now, would that be the most tax efficient? No, but you could do it. Lastly, I have a fund portfolio. Client, some clients just say, Ari, I just want to invest my money in the most, the most, in a, the most efficient way that's going to make sense for my long-term goals. Others say, Ari, I enjoy watching the stock market, the individual stocks, learning about Bitcoin, understanding maybe some future long-term growth. I want to be a part of that. I want to have my skin in the game. Well, great. I say do that, but I would say limit it. Don't make sure that your whole portfolio, your future retirement, your future home purchase relies on whether or not any individual stock does well, especially because you might not have to. I have a fund portfolio where I have about 5 to 7% of my money, and that's held at Robinhood, where I invest in individual stocks I think will outperform. I could be wrong. I, I very well probably will be wrong often, as that's how investing goes, but I'm by no means doing daily research, and I would not be unhappy if that portfolio went down. I would understand if the account value went to zero. Now, I very much so hope that doesn't happen, but I only let myself invest in my fund portfolio once 20% of my paycheck has gone to my diversified portfolio. This way, I have to earn the right to put money into my fund portfolio. I've looked into alternative investments, such as Fundrise, which allows you to invest directly in private real estate. There's an, uh, a new company, fairly new, called Masterworks, which allows you to invest in art, an asset class historically reserved for the uber-wealthy. Bitcoin, which has been in the headlines often in the past few years, and the potential for new technology to carve out some space in the financial markets. But the things that likely won't change in years ahead is that I'll continue to be a saver, I'll continue to bet on the stock market, which remains the best way to bet on human ingenuity and innovation. This doesn't mean the stock market isn't risky, because it is. But as Ben Carlson says, a financial advisor I highly respect, I hedged this out by investing like the glass is half full, but saving like the glass is half empty. I'll see you guys all next week, and I hope you have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.